Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight we're going to be in Judges chapter 5. We went over Judges chapter 4 last time. Uh, we learned about Deborah, a prophet or prophetess. Uh, she was also a judge. Uh, as it turns out, she's also a psalmist. Now, there were some <clears throat> pieces of chapter 5 that got pulled into chapter 4 for clarification. Um, I kind of thought that we were going to be in... Uh, skip chapter 5 and go to Gideon tonight, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, Pastor Tom taught on Sunday, and he, two things, when he talked about the Discovery Channel and investigating the Bible, and he also talked about <clears throat> worship and, uh, and praise, and that's all what uh, chapter 5 is about. Uh, Deborah, who's, again, a prophetess, a judge, she also <clears throat> happened to be a psalmist. And uh, chapter 5 is the Song of Deborah. <clears throat> now we saw last time the cycle of the judges, the rejection, number one, Israel rejects God and turns to serve false gods. <clears throat> God reacts to Israel, uh, Israel's idolatry with righteous anger. Three, God hands Israel over to the oppression of her enemies. Four, Israel repents and cries out to God for mercy. Five, God raises up a judge to rescue Israel from her enemies. And then six, we start all over again. The judge dies and Israel returns to her idolatry. So we saw last time that Deborah was raised up. She was a prophet. She was also a judge. <clears throat> she spurred Barak on, and they defeated Jabin, and Sisera in particular. <clears throat> now at the end of that chapter, we saw Sisera <clears throat> and uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon used him, did a sermon on him, sin slain, as a type of sin. And we recall when, when he was fleeing from, when he was fleeing from Barak, and he went to Jael's house, or tent, and uh, he was hiding in there and said, stand by the door, and anybody comes, say there's nobody here, and it was just kind of an, an image of what are the things that <clears throat> we might have at home that we don't let out the door, that we don't want anybody to know about. And in the worship tonight, we, we, we know we're not hiding anything from God. God is there. It doesn't matter where we are. You can go in a tunnel. You can go in a cave. It, does, it doesn't really matter. Um, I just wanted to read um, this from Charles Spurgeon. That we're kind of in conjunction with this chart. He says, First, I shall picture to you the sinner growing uneasy in his bondage and thinking about rebellion against his oppressors. Secondly, the sinner putting throughout his sins and seeking their entire destruction. And thirdly, I shall seek to bring you that notable picture of the open door, and I shall stand at it and cry to those who are seeking the life of their sins, 
Come hither, I will show you the man whom you seek. Here he lies dead, slain by the hammer and the nail, held not in the hand of a woman, but in the hand of the seed of a woman, Christ Jesus. And I think that's, again, it just kind of embodies this chart in, in a more flowing language, and it, it just brings it all home. His other comment, <laughs> right through the brain of all thy sins, the hammer has driven the nail of Christ's grace. It's just, it's just a tremendous picture to me. I just, I, I just can't get enough of it. Um, all right, so now we're just going to, I'm going to open up to chapter 5 and, and, uh, and we'll get started. Okay. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day saying, when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. So right off the bat, <clears throat> we have the picture of unity. Uh, something Pastor Joe taught about Ephesians chapter 4, un uh, you know, unity in the church. And if we look at uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that's what, that's what he wants. That's what God, God wants us to, to, to be with him. He wants us to, to work for him. He wants us to, to work in the church. Um, Warren Wiersbe's treatise on judges, his title is Be Available. <clears throat> and that's really all God wants. He just wants us to be available, no matter doing what. Maybe an usher, helping in the children's ministry, maybe doing street evangelism. It, it doesn't really matter. He just wants you to be available. And, and anything that you do in service for him, it, it pleases him immensely. And that's, again, that's, that's what he's looking for. He, he wants us to be part of him. He wants us to be part with him. And he wants us to be part of the church. Again, the unity of the church. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord, and I will sing praise to the Lord, God of Israel. Again, the, the, the issue of praise, worship, just giving thanks for all that he has done, just praising him for who he is. He's our creator. Verse 4. <clears throat> Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord. This Sinai before the Lord, God of Israel. Just recounting past instances where God has been with them, where God has worked with them, where God has overcome with him, them. Uh, again, it's part of the song. Uh, I think I <clears throat> titled this message, Victory at Sea, which happened to be a series years ago. I'm going to guess the bulk of you don't remember it, but it was all about the, the, uh, the war in the Pacific and the Atlantic, World War II, and, and the music that was part of it. And, and it, again, it really wasn't like a worship thing, but it was just the music. It was so beautiful and intense, and, and I think that's what, that's what is, is happening here. She's just recounting 
these battles that God has won for them. He wants the people to remember. You know, don't, don't forget what he did for us in the past. Don't forget where we were. And don't forget the battles that he won for us. And it's just, he raises it up in song. She raises it up and mentions it in the song just to keep it in their memory. <clears throat> I think you, you might remember something in a song that if it was just said in passing or just in a history lesson, you might not remember. But in a song, it, you, it might just, again, touch you in a different way. Verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel. This is what, <clears throat> just a recount of their oppression. They <clears throat> didn't walk on the main highways. They walked through the snake paths or whatever in the mountains. They didn't live in the villages. They were, they were all living in walled cities because of the oppression of Jabin and especially Sisera, uh, again, who, who, was, who they, God had put them under. Until I, Deborah, arose, a mother in Israel. <clears throat> so she's being very humble here. She's not saying, I, Deborah, a, a prophet. I, Deborah, a judge. I, Deborah, a mother in Israel. And <clears throat> there is a, uh, a television show, probably the only one that I really watch on a regular basis, NCIS. And the leader of this little group has rules. And I'm not sure if it's rule 9 or 31, but he says there, there's no such thing as a coincidence. So I just want to recount this. In Genesis 24, verse 59, um, <clears throat> Abraham had sent his servant to uh, a different land to get a wife for Isaac, somebody from his own people. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men, her nurse. Going forward to, uh, I just want to turn to Genesis 35, verses 1 to 8. Then God said to Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household, and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the days of my distress and has been with me in the way in which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands and the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethem, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the terebinth tree, so the name of it was called Alan Bakuth, which means Oak of Weeping. So Deborah, who was Rebecca's nurse, was obviously a beloved member of their family. And Deborah, who was Rebecca's nurse, 
obviously was around for the birth of the 12 tribes. So she would, I don't know, you call her grandmother of Israel. And when we look at Deborah, the prophet, the judge, where is she, where is she judging? She's in Bethel, the same place where Deborah was buried. Again, I don't think it's a coincidence. And I think that, <clears throat> I think that what, when she says, when she says here, Deborah, a mother in Israel, I think she's also a mother for Israel or a mother to Israel, leading her children, her flock, and bringing them out of, of the bondage. Now, verse 8, they chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. This, I think, <clears throat> kind of lends to why Barak was a little bit, was hesitant. Because remember, in chapter 4, Deborah said to him, hath not God told you to go out and, and go against Sisera? Now, he didn't say no. He, he, all he said was, if you go with me, I'll go. So obviously God had told him, but he was hesitant. Um, again, the, the children of Israel are under oppression. So they have no, any weapons they have would have been confiscated. So I could, you could kind of see where he might be, well, more than hesitant that about trying to go against Sisera with, again, his 900 chariots of iron. Kind of <clears throat> in the same way, Satan doesn't only want to oppress the Christian. He also wants to disarm the believer. He wants the believer to lay down the full armor of God that belongs to you in Jesus Christ. Obviously, where Pastor Joe was just teaching on Ephesians 6 about the full armor of God. Not that, not that Satan has any love for the Bible. I'm sure he doesn't want you to hear about that. I'm sure on the past couple of Sundays when Pastor Joe was teaching that, he said, you know, maybe this is a good day to go to the beach. You don't really need to go today because he doesn't want you to hear that. He doesn't want you to hear anything that's going to shield you from his temptations. So now at verse 9, <clears throat> my heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Again, we're just unity. Um, the unity in the church. Now this, just want to backtrack a, a minute. This word willingly which we saw. Now, Charles Spurgeon cast it in a different, he used it in a different way. The devil is indeed a cruel tyrant with his subjects, but he is such a tyrant that they willingly follow him. The opposite of, of what, we're, what we're hearing here. And again, when we do have, we have free will. So when we are not following the Lord, when we are giving into Satan, we are doing it willingly. We are doing it of our own. We need, to, we need to lean on God. We need to lean on his word. And we just need to get close to him and establish that relationship with him. Verse 10. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire, and who walk along the road, far from the noise of the archers among the watering places. 
There they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villages in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Again, just recounting what the Lord is, has, has done for them. He, she wants everyone to keep repeating it. She wants the leaders to keep repeating it, all that he has done. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. <clears throat> then the survivors came down, the people against the nobles. From Ephraim were those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples. From Machir, rulers came down, and from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter's staff. And the princes of Issachar were all with Deborah. As Issachar, so was Barak, sent into the valley under his command. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why do you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings of the flock? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. However, they didn't come. This is where the unity is lost. Reuben did not answer the call. Reuben thought about it, thought mightily about it. I don't want to say prayed over it, but for whatever reason, they decided to stay away. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the at the seashore and stayed by his in inlets. So there were four tribes that didn't that didn't participate in the victory. Um, Gilead, East Manasseh of the east, which was on the other side of the Jordan. And remember when when they first came, and uh, they asked Moses about they want this they want this to be their land on this side of the Jordan. He said, "Fine, as long as you participate in the battles." And obviously they didn't. I mean, they participated in the beginning, but now another call to arms. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't respond. <clears throat> the kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan fought in Tarnak by the waters of Megiddo. They took no spoils of silver. They fought from the heavens. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishon swept them away. The ancient torrent, the ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon. O oh, my soul, march on in strength. Then the horses whose pounded the galloping of his steeds. We went over this a little bit last time that the great storm came upon the uh, about the battle uh, which <clears throat> would have caused them fear because Baal, their, their god of weather it was supposed to be dry season there was no the weather forecast had nothing about a storm and so obviously his chariots of iron were getting stuck in the mud and he was again utterly defeated by the hand of God Curse Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Now, I'm not exactly sure where Meraz is, but whatever it is, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be them. <clears throat> this city of Meraz seemed to have been, at this time, a place of considerable importance since something great was expected from it, but probably after the angel of the Lord had pronounced this curse, it dwindled 
And like the fig tree, which Christ, cur Christ cursed, withered away, so that we never read of it after this scripture. So they chose not to come and that was it. I mean, they, they chose their, their poison. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Canaanite. Blessed is she among women in tents. He asked for water, she gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera, she pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, lay still. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell. Again, we, <clears throat> this is just a symbol of the, the, the death, the, the, the nailing down of our sins, which, again, just the Im image of Sisera. And this, <clears throat> I think some of what J.L.'s feelings were is expressed now about what was going on. The mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her. Yes, she answered herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil to every man a girl or two? For Sisera plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. This is, was their, their M.O. So this is what, and Jael knew that they were taking the young girls from, from Israel. So obviously this was part of her feeling of, of disgust with, with Sisera and what was going on and what pushed her um, to, again, just lay him out, just lay him out. I mean, she was, she was a strong woman. I mean, the women in that time <clears throat> were the ones that would set up the tents. They would keep, you know, they would set up the inhabitants in the tents. Now, in verse 31, thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Now this, I mean, I, I'm sure I didn't do it justice. I don't know what tune it's saying to, but this was, Again, this is just worship, as Pastor Tom uh, talked about on Sunday. This is, you know, we should be exalting when we worship. Um, right, with the example, you know, when they score a goal in soccer, you know, they go crazy. I mean, he, and this is the way we we should we should be exalted. We should putting our hearts everything into it. This is <clears throat> from from Charles Spurgeon. Deborah sang concerning the overthrow of Israel's enemies and the deliverance to the tribes. We have a far richer theme for music. We have been delivered from worse enemies and saved by a greater salvation. Let our gratitude be deeper. Let our song be more jubilant. Glory be unto God. We can say that our sins, which were like mighty hosts, have been swept away not by the ancient river, the river Kishon, but by the streams which flowed from Jesus' side. Our great enemy has been overcome, and his head is broken. Not Sisera, but Satan has been overthrown. The seed of the woman has bruised his head forever. We are now ransomed 
from the galling yoke, we walk at liberty through the power of the great liberator, the Lord Jesus. And I think that this, this is what worship is all about. We're thanking him for all that he's done for us. <clears throat> We're reaching out to him to sing praises, to give, give back really all he wants from us. All he, he wants us is praise from us. He wants us to be with him, to establish that relationship with him. Again, and, it, and this is, I mean, the worship songs, each of them has a meaning. Even the words tonight, I mean, we know that his presence is everywhere. We know that we can't run from him. And uh, again, it's just, there's just so much more that we can do in worship. Uh, I mean, I, in, I don't want to say about Calvary, you know, sometimes people tend to skip it tend to come late, but that's, that's not what he wants. That's not what it's all about. We should be here for the worship, to worship him, to rejoice in all he has done for us and all that he has given us. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.